Hi, my name's Shona Campbell from BDS and thank you for joining me for the very first in our series of podcasts. So in this podcast, we're going to look at the myths of public sector procurement versus the reality. You want to grow your business, but you're one of many, possibly in a very saturated market. Have you thought about selling to the public sector? Well, yeah, you might have considered it, but for one or more reasons you've decided not to. When we're at networking, we hear a number of reasons why people have or don't think they can sell to the public sector. One of these could be, my company's too small to win a public sector contract. I don't know where to begin. Or, contracts always go to the same suppliers. So in this podcast, um, we're tackling some of the myths around about winning public sector contracts. But hopefully, we'll show you how it's achievable for you to sell to the public sector. So the first of these myths that we're going to look at is that the public sector only wants to buy from bigger businesses. They don't want to buy from SMEs and they definitely don't want to buy from solo businesses. So what's the reality of this? The reality is that the government has changed the way it buys goods and services in order to help SMEs and solo business owners to bid for more contracts. So I've just said that they change things, but what are these changes? So some of them are, or the first is, the public sector must pay valid supplier invoices within 30 days or less. The reality of that is that in 2017-18 in Scotland, the public sector paid over 99% of invoices within 10 working days. The second of these is a simpler application process has been introduced. So this includes the selection questionnaire in England and the ESPD, so that's European Single Procurement Document or soon-to-be Single Procurement Document in Scotland have been abolished for contracts below the EU thresholds. The third is that large contracts can be split into smaller lots to create even more opportunities. The fourth is the increased use of frameworks. And the fifth is in Scotland, public bodies are required to advertise all opportunities on publiccontractscotland.gov.uk. This makes it easier for SMEs to find contracts. So just looking at some of these in a bit more depth. So larger contracts can be split into smaller lots. So this could mean that if you were looking at maybe a contract for the supply of stationery, say, then that could be split into specialist lots. So you could have pens um, as one lot and you could have paper as a second lot. Another way of splitting or lotting an opportunity is geographically. So if you were looking at Scotland, you could have something split into north and south. And that makes it much, much easier for SMEs to bid for these contracts. I also mentioned increased use of frameworks. So frameworks normally involve more than one supplier um, who is successful for the opportunity and they're considered for um, everything within that. So that means that it could be offered on a to all suppliers and then a mini competition or um, it could go to the first supplier on that. But if they refuse anything, it then goes to the second and third and so on. There's a few different ways that frameworks work.
So a tip for you for this is that before committing to tendering, it's useful to fully understand what your business is capable of providing. Some questions that you could ask are, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? How can you fill those gaps? And what's your overall business strategy? The second myth that we're going to look at, and the reality of course, is that lowest price will always win a contract. The reality is that price cannot be the sole reason for awarding a contract. Instead, most bids are awarded to the most economically advantageous tender, meet for short, and this takes account of both the price and the quality. The percentages of each will be outlined within the evaluation section of the tender. So a few tips for suppliers for this are make sure you understand evaluation criteria. If you don't understand that, then make sure you ask and see myth four for a bit more detail about that. Also, think about where you can add real value to the buyer specification. Think about what's important to the buyer. And good business intelligence always allows you to better understand the market and in turn to pinpoint opportunities. So the third myth now that we're going to look at is contracts always go to the same suppliers. So this is what I hear quite a bit. The reality of this is that whilst an existing or incumbent provider should have a good chance of retaining their contract, authorities do not always award to existing contractors. Public procurement is a very transparent system with a robust audit trail. So a couple of tips around about this is don't just look for notices where buying for buying the goods or services look for other opportunities where you can seek businesses so for example supplying to those who are winning contracts the fourth myth that we're going to look at is you cannot contact or engage with buyers during the procurement process the reality of this is that you can contact them and in fact you have the right to formally contact the buyer in order to fully understand the contract during the procurement process there will be a way in which you can ask questions. Normally this is through the portal where the notice is being administered but it can sometimes be by email. The tender documentation should tell you how to raise queries and clarifications will normally be anonymised and shared with all interested parties. So within this you can ask about the scope of the contract, you can ask how the tender will be scored, you can confirm the tender procedure you can ask about the value of the contract over the full contract life cycle. And you can also ask much more. So a tip for you around about this is make use of the clarifications function. Ensure you ask questions prior to the deadline and also make sure you ask you review the questions being asked by others and also the answers being given for them. So the final myth that we're looking at is that once you've completed a tender, you can cut and paste the content for future bids. The reality of this is that every tender submission is not the same. You need to think about what the buyer's looking for, what they could benefit from that's not detailed within the contract notice. And even when a question looks identical, it could be that the specification, so what the buyer's looking for, differs from your previous submission. So recently we were working on two similar contracts and we'd submitted the first and they had a methodology question, so how you were going to deliver the contract. 
and it had a word limit of 300 words. We then were submitting a um, very, very similar um, a contract for a similar service, a tender for a similar service. And they again had a methodology question, but this time the word limit on it was a thousand words. So there was a huge danger that if we cut and paste the response from the first to the second, that we would have missed a lot of what the buyer was looking for. And also when you looked at the nitty gritty of it, the specifications were different. So it actually wasn't, although the title was much the same, it wasn't the same service that they were looking for. In reality, there may be information within previous submissions that you can use in future submissions, but never lift a response and paste it into a new opportunity. Instead, review the tender documentation and consider what you can offer in response. So in conclusion to all this, remember that firstly, the government's focused on increasing opportunities for SMEs. Price is not the only factor considered when awarding a contract. Contracts are not always awarded to the same suppliers. They'll go to the best supplier. Fourthly, you should engage with buyers as early in the process as possible. This will help you understand what the buyer is looking for and how you can deliver it. And finally, you cannot cut and paste previous responses. Each response should meet the requirements of the buyer. Overall, the government wants to buy from small and medium-sized enterprises. The public sector has changed the way they buy goods and services to make it easier for SMEs to bid for public sector contracts. These include simpler application processes and suppliers being paid within 30 days. By 2022, the government plans that one third of its spends on goods and services will be with SMEs, either directly or indirectly through the supply chain. So now you know it's achievable for you to win public sector contracts. Why don't you contact us to arrange a procurement strategy session and understand the next steps for you to take. Thanks for joining me and join me again soon. Thank you.